0: Hey there, welcome to Bandits Keep. I'm Daniel, and this is going to be a relatively short episode, I think, although you can never tell when I start talking. Uh, I have a couple of calls from Jason from the Nerds RPG Variety Cast and Rob, also known as Minion from Confessions of a Wee Timorous Bushy, and we will get to those in a second. But first, I want to talk a minute about uh, the idea of playing the bad guys. I was the other day, as in yesterday, I was looking at um, some of the games I'm planning for Garycon, and I'm getting into using miniatures a little bit more, because I think for conventions especially, it can be really fun. And I've got a couple of mini games set up, and I was looking at the Gaslight system, which I guess I'll put a link to it. Again, if I can figure out, i put a link in here, I'll do it. Uh, but it's Gaslight with each of the letters is a, a period in between. It's an acronym. And there's different uh, books for it, and I guess now they have a companion that's got it all together. But I have some of the older books, and in the to be continued by gaslight is called they talk about running the game as kind of a like a set of serials so you know you you've got an ongoing story but you've got your main characters and you've got uh the, each episode is like a different you know it's like like the, the heroes crash in the forest and now they're going to fight you know that's that's my serial voice and part of the conceit with this is that you're going to have some players that are going to play we'll we'll say the good guys you know we'll quote that the would be the, considered the good guys in the serial, like Flash Gordon or whatever. And then the other player, at least one or more other players, are going to play, effectively, the bad guys. And the what we, what we would consider the GM now is truly a referee, truly somebody in the middle that's setting up the scenes. So they talk about that part. They kind of, uh, you know, be the, they're the moderator, if you will. But then when when the the boots hit the ground, so to speak, and the combat starts, some of the players are playing the enemy forces and some are playing the allied forces if you want to call it that. So some people are let's say Flash Gordon and some in and, and Flash Gordon's friends and some people are the forces of let's say Ming the Merciless. And what's interesting about this idea is that throughout the serial effectively the players that are playing the the again I'm calling them good just for the, the distinction I think you know what I mean there they're always going to play the same characters because there's like a conceit that like some of the main characters can't die. They just get captured or knocked out or whatever. And then each of the episodes, so these are supposed to be developed into uh, 12-session campaigns, each of the episodes where the person playing the, the enemy forces, let's say Ming's forces in this case, will often play different characters. And I wonder, I'm curious what people think about a campaign where you were player characters, let's say some of you, let's say you had a group of four friends, Two of you played Farford and the Grey or you know, the heroes, and had some henchmen, you know, that you also could control. If you think about, like, my Unchained game, you could control a bunch of henchmen as well. And then on the other side, the other two players play whatever bad guy forces, if you will, uh, need to be used at that point. Maybe this is a Thieves' Guild, if you're Farford and the Grey Mouse, or some kind of army, or... Could be monsters, obviously, if it's more D and D centric. So your heroes are going into a lair of the of bugbears to steal a magic item, and the other two players of this four player group play the bugbear chieftain, the bugbear lieutenant, and then the forty bugbears that that occupy this lair in various groups. And as the GM, what you're doing is you are kind of narrating the story or working with the generally the heroes of the story to kind of move them through uh, this this area you know and then into various scenes so you'd be doing a lot of cut scenes i think would be how you'd have to do it cuz you don't want your player playing the quote bad guys to have to sit around for half the episode or half the session waiting for the heroes to get to them so you do a lot of cut scenes right but what you would end up with is like okay we start with the the idea of what's going on And then we start with the heroes. Okay, you're outside the bugbear lair. You can see there's four guards out there, uh, you know, kind of guarding the place. You guys are in the bushes over here. And we're going to now go into the scene. And you have the the four players at your table effectively play against each other. You know, you'd have to have some fairly uh, at least understood rules, we'll say, as far as sneaking. You know, you'd have to use dice rolls and stuff for that. Or possibly if you're using minis, you know, you could do like a line of sight type thing. Uh, so I know some miniature games have things like, you know, well, you have to be within so many inches of somebody before they can see you kind of deal. So you'd have to have stuff like that. So obviously, because of a lot of players, they know what's happening, right? Both sides know it's meta. But I wonder how that would play out. Would people be interested in trying something like that? it's just an idea that came to me. I thought it would be kind of interesting. And and I what I'm suggesting is that game obviously it works within that context of the game, but that's a sit there in person play miniatures with your friends game. I'm wondering how it would play out in like a more of a theater of the mind or a virtual tabletop and for people who have more of a role playing mindset than a miniatures mindset. So I'm curious, let me know. I'd love to hear from people about what they think about that, if they'd want to try something like that, maybe for like two episodes. It would need to be at least 2 to 3 let's say three to be safe, uh, because you want to see the experience as the, quote, bad guys for, of that side of the group. Do they lose interest because they're constantly playing different people or not? So anyways, let me know if you'd be interested in that. If so, reach out. You can reach out on the Discord if you want, or call the show. And if you want to be part of that, I'll set up maybe a series of one-shots over the over the next, let's see, it's the end of August now, so maybe like mid-September, we could set up a few days and just try it if people are interested. In any case, let's get to the calls.
1: Hey, Daniel, Jason here. Just listening to your latest episode that's very exciting that in a month or so we might get um, your game up on drive through I'm looking forward to that. Can't wait. And, yeah, like I said, I'm definitely up for top secret. Great, great system. And, yeah, I'm glad you're, re- you're able to play in person and use minis and do that. I, I, I really do think that that's a fun way to play and to add something to it. And there's something nice about physical minis as opposed to just virtual icons on a vtt i i really think there's there's a tactile difference there that's well worth it Uh, anyhow i will talk to you soon take care oh by the way yeah you're always welcome on my show and i'd love to come on your show talk chainmail sometime Um, i think also it would be neat i'm going to go to another message I also think it'd be neat if you get Taylor from Swear Ringmail on your show, because he's kind of doing his own chainmail hack thing, and well not so much a hack, but an ODD chainmail mix that he's been messing with. So it'd be kind of neat to get you guys on, I mean obviously you don't want to confuse everybody too much, but you, you could kind of talk a little bit about your experiences and see where they where they match and where they differ and things like that. I think that'd be a really interesting show. Or maybe we do a Cerebivore and get you all on there. And, and, and talk about mass combat systems and have you guys representing that and somebody else could talk about other versions. I don't know. That, that might be a good option, too. But anyway, always great talking to you and I will talk to you soon.
0: So as it turns out, uh, I've been talking to Jason and he's been talking to Taylor and we are going to record uh, sometime coming up soon. And it should be a Cerebral before episode but, uh, that should be available near the end of September. Jason did tell me a date, but just in case we don't actually, I don't want to jinx myself and we don't actually get to record. So let's just say near the end of September, there will be a Surrey Before uh, where I will be on there with Taylor and Jason and possibly other people, and we're going to talk about chainmail. So that should be super fun. If you guys don't follow the Surrey Before podcast, uh, you should. It's also on YouTube. That's where I usually watch it, but it is also a podcast. For some reason, my podcatcher doesn't grab it, though. So I don't know if it's not on Apple. I'm probably giving misinformation, so you might have to grab it on like Spotify or something. But uh, I usually watch that one on YouTube, so that is the link I will put if I can figure out how to put links. I am terrible at putting links in these episodes when I'm recording on my phone. Sorry, guys. Hey, Daniel. This is Rob, also known as
2: Menion. Just uh, I suppose I'm pulling a Rob. This is a, a one one that I'm going to coin. I'm calling in before I fully understood what you intend. With your hit dice uh, situation. I did listen through, don't 100% understand it, so I'm going to have to listen again, but I do have some thoughts of my own, um, which naturally I will share before fully realizing what you have said. Uh, that's kind of arrogant, isn't it? Um, so here's one thought. This is something I thought of. I was playing with the idea of rolling uh, hit dice as a saving throw. So when characters take damage and of course these wounds these these damage, this damage can stack the players roll their hit dice against the damage to see if they survived the the attack and and that's it really now so clearly the wounds stack up um and so there is still a need for healing and resting and and so on i suppose the problem here is when do they make that saving throw do they make it when they receive a single hit dice of, uh, wound or when all of their hit dice are overcome in the in the chainmail combat um so i haven't really thought that through and i haven't really understood your own uh ideas so that's not a very good point at which to send a message but hopefully you'll forgive me and uh see what i'm i um, trying to do here so i'm going to go back to your message as uh, to your show and uh and, and listen to it once more and and see if i can uh work out what it is uh the idea that you're you're playing with at the moment so anyway uh thank you so much i haven't called in for a while i thought i'd do it now so take care now
0: bye bye hey rob good to hear from you um (laughs) i will try to briefly explain i suppose it was kind of maybe i don't know if hubris is the right word on my part to just assume that everybody knew what i was talking about so in my chainmail combat system in order to defeat somebody in the what I'm calling troop combat currently, it'll eventually be called abstract combat, you basically need to score a number of hits equal to their hit dice. So if let's say you're a magic user and you have two hit dice at third level, something like that, if you are struck, and this by the way, this is simultaneously in the same round of combat, so you add them all up until the round is over, and then you you see if you defeat them. So if you are a magic user and you have two hit dice and, and, and you get hit twice, you are dead. If you get hit once, nothing happens. There's no cumulative effect to uh, being attacked in the abstract way and them not killing you. It's binary. You're either up or you're down. So as you progress through levels, somebody like a fighter who's four hit die as, as at fourth level, so they're a hero, they would need four simultaneous hits to take them down. Meaning that effectively three dudes, the, you know, first level people, uh, guards or whatever, with spears cannot kill the hero fighter they're effectively invulnerable to them. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't die because you could use man-to-man combat, which is the other part of this. In man-to-man combat, which is the detailed combat, where it's like spear versus plate mail armor, or sword versus chain mail, or hammer versus no armor, that kind of stuff, that uses hit points. And those drain as you get hit. And if you reach zero, you die there too. And your hit point level does not affect your hit dice ever, so if you are only at one hit point because you finished a man-to-man combat, let's say that you're the hero and you go into this castle and you fight the an ogre, let's say. Well, an ogre wouldn't be a good example. Let's say you fight a the captain of the guard, who's also like a third-level fighter. So you guys, I, we decide, you know what, you're fighting man-to-man. You're going to use your sword against his chain mail. He's using his mace against your plate mail. And you have this battle, reducing each other's hit points down as you go but in the end you're victorious. That does not reset. Whatever hit points you lost, you might be down to only having four or five hit points left. That's where you're at. But now you step out into the courtyard to leave and you're surrounded by 10 of his one-hit die men. Now we switch to abstract combat. The fact that you only have four hit points means nothing here. Those 10 guys have to hit you uh, simultaneously, like a cumulative amount within that same round, four times to kill you. If they can't, then you will just chop them down and cut them down, just like Conan would. And I find this creates a very heroic situation. The wounds only really matter in very specific types of combat. Uh, Everything except for man-to-man combat, effectively, when you step away from that combat, it's like nothing happened to you. And you could say, well... That's not realistic, whatever, and uh, I didn't. I don't mind. <laughs> not you, you, but just people. Uh, I. That's the point, you know. When the reason why I think this is great is because you always see these movies where you've got the guy. No matter what movie it, is, it could be, Die Hard, it could be Conan, it could be whatever. They always get any any of the you know Shaw Brothers, <laughs> you know Kung Fu movies. They constantly are fighting through all the minions, getting their butts kicked left and right. They're bleeding. They can barely stand. But then they get in that final conflict with the boss and they have every bit of power they ever had to beat them. And this is what this is supposed to simulate. And I think it does a pretty good job of it. Now, what you're talking about sounds actually epic and amazing and would be really cool to do if you wanted a little bit more grit. So the way I see what you're doing would be not that it takes four hits to take the fighter out in that round, but rather, however many hits add up. Let's say the, the you had two guys fighting, you had two men-at-arms, and they both rolled damage. One rolled a four and one rolled a five, so nine points of damage. If you roll your 4d6, which is your hit die at the end of the round, and it is not beat nine, then you go down. Uh, otherwise, you don't. So that's how I would use what you're saying. If you wanted it to be cumulative, maybe you would take the difference in damage. So if you don't beat the number, then you take a little bit of damage. That could be interesting as well. There's lots of ways to use hit points. I mean, hit points are not, you know, I don't think anybody believes that hit points are the end all be all or the perfect solution. I think that there's, that's why there's so many different systems to deal with it. And I think we have to use the system that works the best with our, the narrative we're trying to tell. So I love that idea that you're saying. I, I think that's actually really cool, making it like a saving throw. And I could actually almost see that in a uh like I'm looking at this game now called Gaslight, but each of the letters is uh, it's an acronym, so it's G dot A dot and I never remember what it's called. Something generally historic or generic historic. I can't remember. No, generally accurate anyways, whatever it's called, what they have is a save number. So if you're a hero if you're a non heroic character, uh you just die if you get hit. <laughs> Yeah, Which is kind of what would happen in Chainmail, right? If you are a heroic character in that game, you have a saved number, which is a target number. So that's kind of similar to what you're suggesting there, except the target number is based on your hit die, and it kind of changes every time, so it adds a little bit more luck and uh, into the in randomness into the mix, which is pretty cool. So yeah, I like it, if that's what you're saying, and maybe I'm not understanding you. <laughs> but anyways, thanks for calling in. Uh, always good to hear from you. All right, well, thanks to Jason from Nerds RPG Variety Cast and Rob from Confessions of a Wee Timorous Bushy for your calls. If you guys would like to call in, you can use the Anchor app still currently, I believe, or you go to the Anchor website and leave me a message. I guess I will set up an email so that this can happen too in the future because I know that that stuff's going to become more complicated. I would love to hear from people, so uh, go ahead and give me a call, and I'll talk to you soon.